ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to today's episode of Uncaged Heroes. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us. Sit back, relax, take an opportunity to meet yet another amazing individual from around the world that serves us all. My name is Stacey Johnston. Honored to be here with you and equally as honored to sit alongside my co-host, Cassie Holland. Cassie, how are you today? I am doing wonderful. Looking forward to this conversation with another amazing guest. How are you? I'm doing really well. It's a beautiful day, surrounded by people I love and, and great things. So it's amazing, and I really love having these conversations. I was talking to my mom the other day, and she said, are they paying you to do that yet? And I said, who's they, Mama? And she said, well, I don't know. You're just busy all the time. And I, I, just, I told her, I said, you know what, Mom? I feel so blessed right now to be able to sit in the comfort of wherever I am and meet amazing people from all over the world that do the coolest things. And everybody has a story to tell and some wisdom to share. And I just, I get excited every day about the opportunity that I have to do this. And uh, so it just, it, it's an intrigue for me. It's, I feel like it's such a blessing. Where do you sit with it, Kathy, when you just look at what it does to your life? It just adds, it adds, right, we were just talking about value. It adds value to my life that I wouldn't otherwise get, I'm sure, right? We've talked about the fact that it's not really likely that I would happen upon any of our guests on any given day, so... I wouldn't be able to have that value had it not been for this podcast. Well, then thank you for sharing this blessing. I'm glad it blesses your life and brings value to it. That makes it all worth it at the end of the day. I love it. Let's bring our guest in today. We have a lady joining us named Miss Debbie Harold. How are you today, Debbie? I am doing well. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. We're so glad that you're here. So how about you kick us off? Tell us who is Debbie Harold? What do you do? Why do you do that, and how can we connect with you? Oh, first off, I wanted to echo what you were saying about how much um, joy the having your podcast brings you, because I know when I started my podcast, that was the first um, thing I realized is how much it was feel, filling me with hope for um, the world, you know, like connecting with people who are out there doing amazing things in small and big ways, right? Um, a little bit about me is I um, <laughs> had a life filled with the usual, I, I do uh, air quotes, normal traumas and uh, life events. But as a good Gen Xer, I stuffed all those down and just kept going about my business of being a productive member of society until one day it was pretty apparent that that was not going to work for me anymore and I had to take myself off the uh, the conveyor belt of life and get intentional about how I was going to show up in the world. And long story short, that led me to um, start my own podcast, which then led me to build a community where people can connect and find this, this um, hope and joy that we're both, we're all sharing um, in connecting with people from around the world who want to make the world a better place, which sounds super naive and cheesy, but the reality is there are so many of us who want that. So how do we go about that? So as I was um, doing the podcast and building the community and I'm, I'm trying to figure out, well, where else can I serve? And it led me to get a life coaching certification. 
um, as I was learning more about life coaching, I'm like, oh, this is kind of stuff that I've been doing all along. These are, friends would turn to me for this kind of help, you know, like looking at a problem from all the different angles. And, um, and, and so now to add my life of helping friends, my life of working through my own stuff, and now combined with the training I've received, it's been um, amazing to get to help people in that, that space. Mm, that's beautiful. So tell us about your program. And you working with people in that space, what's your message for them? Well, I find that so many of us do want to make the world a better place, right? We have a vision of this world that we want, and but when we stop to take a minute and to look at our day-to-day actions, they're often not congruent. They're often disconnected. So we might, like an example that's really easy for people to grasp, I care about the environment. I care about nature. I care about animals. And yet, I can't give up my Keurig coffee pot. And like every day, you're adding those little plastic pods to a landfill someplace. Or I have to go to my Starbucks and I I don't bring my own cup. Like just the little things like that that we could shift as individuals. And I know there's that might seem like a minor minor thing, but as you start making these small little shifts in your own life, and you realize, oh yeah, like this. The way I'm behaving in this certain area isn't aligned with my values. So why do I keep doing that? Why do I keep showing up in that way? Um, and so helping people identify first what their core values are, because I feel like so many people have been on this conveyor belt of life, um, living in this box that society or they have created for themselves, that they're disconnected from their inner knowing. So uh, helping them reconnect with themselves and um, connect with their values, and then start making the shifts in their lives to align with those values. Because I, I find it hard to believe that if we were all aligned with our core values, you know, who we are at the core of what we believe is right and good and just, I can't believe if we were all working to align more and not just in, in what we're saying our values are, but in our actual actions, day-to-day choices that we're making, where we're spending our money, where we're spending our time. If we were all living aligned to those core values, I can't believe that it would lead us in a direction of more chaos and violence and disconnection. I feel like it would lead, lead us all, us all, the collective, to, um, to connecting more. Like you're saying how you were connecting these people all over the world. I, I feel like the powers that be want us to believe that we're all so different, but I would argue that we're actually a lot more alike and taking that time to connecting with ourselves and connecting to those around us is, is going to lead to a better place. I absolutely agree. You know, I think that, I think you're right. You know, if everybody was, aligned with those core values, the world will be a way better place. So I think that that's that's very important. So let me ask you a question in, in a different direction. Throughout your journey and all the people that you have met and all of the life experiences that you've had and the lessons that you have learned, have you defined what a hero is for you 
And do you have someone in your everyday life that you would call a hero? I feel like I have so many. Um, I feel like heroes are around us everywhere. I know that as a child growing up in a tumultuous household, um, the heroes for me were my teachers or my friends' parents who um, let me know that that what I was experiencing as a child in my home wasn't necessarily the way it had to be, and it didn't necessarily reflect on who I was. They they showed me that I was a good person and worthy of love. So they were huge heroes. Um, I look in my, my life now, like I look to my kids, um, my son being diagnosed with a, <clears throat> a severe chronic medical condition at 15, you know, completely changed his life path, but he handled it with such grace and courage. Um, and then to watch his younger sister step up into a role of being more of a caregiver at a young age, like, and the fact that they were raised by me, who I was a single mom dealing with my own stuff, right? I didn't always make it easy, but they have grown to be amazing um, adult humans who I admire and I feel like they are my, my daily heroes. But But the reality is, like, people who show up in their everyday life are heroic to me. I think about um, the mothers in Ukraine, you know, parenting their children in this time of, of crazy chaos for them or, or people who are struggling with mental health issues who are still showing up and giving their all. Or I know I had a diagnosis of autoimmune a couple of years ago and I was dealing with chronic daily pain and it's given me so much empathy for people that deal with chronic pain. I mean, they're heroic just to show up and get out of bed. I know I've connected with many people that, that suffer with chronic pain since then. And I have, I'm working with a, a young mother who has, uh, he's a toddler now. But how she shows up in her life is heroic, I think. I think we, we want to make heroes these big, big, bigger than life people that we put on a pedestal. But I think... Every day, people have the opportunity to be a hero, whether it's putting a smile on somebody's face or just showing up in your family um, as the best version of you is heroic. I love that. I love that definition of hero, you know, people that just show up in their everyday. Sometimes that's the hardest thing that we can do is show up in our everyday. You know, for ourselves, I think we can show up in our in everyday in other people's everyday, right? And we put our we put our everyday in a box. Yeah, I love that. You, I love that you said that yeah. showing up for yourself because that is true. We we it's so much easier for us to show up for other people, but putting I like to say putting myself on my to do list is important. You know, making sure I'm taking care of myself because if I'm not taking care of myself, I'm not going to be able to take care of others the way I want to. Amen. I love that. It's so true. And it's a, it's a learned lesson because we're not taught that, you know, from the beginning. Most of the time that we're taught to show up for other people. Which Especially. Is all, excuse me? It, it is. I, I agree. It is beautiful. But especially as women in our culture, like it's, it's almost ingrained in us, that codependent nature of uh, people pleasing and taking care of others before us, ourselves. Mm, absolutely. It is. It's been recent. I think we discussed this on a show we did not long ago, maybe even earlier today, about how as a grandparent, 
my kids are grown and, and they're beautiful adults and they're, they're amazing parents and I love to see that. But I'm watching them parent in a way that is that's inclusive of that, right? I'm watching these kids nowadays grow up recognizing and having somebody tell them, you're valuable, never forget that. Right? You have to show up for yourself. You have to show up for you. And it's not something I was taught as a child. So to see it come to that place now where these parents are raising these children with these beautiful affirmations of who they are gives me hope right? in what's to come um, in, the, in the upcoming generation. I think it's, it's going to be a powerful army. Powerful army. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it is. I love it, watching it. It's, it's beautiful. So let me ask you another question. In the journeys that you've taken, from the little girl who looked to friends and people outside to give her value to this lady who you now teach people to recognize her own value. What's a life lesson you've learned in that that you feel like everybody ought to get to know? Um, it kind of goes along with that connecting to your inner knowing. Um, and, and it's for me, well, I mean, how do I phrase this? The, um, when I was going through a, a lot of my stuff, you know, I live in a really small community, so everybody knows everybody. It's great. You have the support. And I have had so many people telling me on a daily basis how strong I was. <laughs> and um, it got to a point that I'm like, if one more person tells me how strong I am, I think I'm going to smack them. <laughs> and I am not a violent person. And it wasn't until I went, I was fortunate enough to spend some time at OnSite, which is a, a therapy facility. Um, I got to go do a week-long program there, which was amazing. But when we were writing about who we are and I put uh, how strong I was on my poster that I made for my group work, and I was so annoyed that I used the word strong to describe myself because although I am strong, like I'm freaking tired of being strong. Like why is all stuff keep happening? Um, and I learned that week the importance of not being strong, the importance of being soft and asking for help and that connecting with others. Um, I was raised, I was uh, hyper-independent. I was able to take care of myself from a very young age. I think that's a lot of being a Gen Xer, right? I, I came home after school, took care of myself. Um, but I learned that it's not about being independent. It's about being interdependent. We're all in this together, and the only way we're going to get through it is together. So learning how to connect with others um, provide help when you're in a space to give help, but also ask for help when you're in a space of needing help. Um, being soft isn't necessarily the opposite of, of being strong. It kind of leads into a lot of what uh, Brene Brown talks about being, um, being vulnerable. It's very scary, but once you get um, better at it, it, it builds a different kind of strength. I agree, right? We're all just walking each other home, so... Yes, together is the way to do it. Nobody can do it by themselves. Oh, no. Let me ask you one more question. If you had a one-liner of advice to put on a T-shirt, what would it be? <laughs> it's funny because I actually have it on. Well, I actually have a couple T-shirts, but one... Um, one of the t-shirts or the sweatshirts that I put on when I'm feeling uh, a little low is it says keep going. And I think that it can apply, and it can apply in so many areas 
um, of not to give up when it looks like it's there's no more hope because inevitably there is and and even as you're moving forward it might not always seem like it's getting better but it's getting different and and I will assure you it eventually gets better um, yeah that's my favorite I, I actually call it I have I have the um, keep going sweatshirt and I have the trust the process sweatpants and those are my um, <laughs> My armor, my suit of armor for when I'm feeling a little uh, low and need a little boost. They're cozy, warm, and they remind me to, to keep going and, and keep doing the work. Mm. I really love that. Keep going. I like both of them. Trust the process. How many times do we not trust the process? We get in it. We involve in the process. We believe in the process. We believe it. We don't trust it. No. Well, and it, a lot of it was... Like, what is the process? Well, you need to do the work. Like, what is the work? I don't understand. So, um, and that's where uh, reaching out for help, you know, like, I don't understand. What do you mean do the work? What is this work I need to do? Please explain it to me like I'm a child. Well, you know, we live in this, we're, we're, we're living in this current environment that everything is instantaneous, right? We've eliminated the process of so many things. That, that the process isn't the same, right? The kids have to write a report nowadays for school. It's click, 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 reword, re, you know, and it takes a minute to do a report. We had the card catalog of encyclopedias, right? So the, right. the process of life is so different today than it used to be. And, uh, yeah. Nobody growing up ever said Google it. Never. I never heard Google it when I was a kid, Right. And so what I miss, I think that's what I miss. I miss the process, right, in, in life. I miss the communication. I miss the, I miss, I miss the process. So that, that's funny that you used to say that, trust the process. Uh, I love the steps. Yeah, well, and it's it, great. It, it does, it does the, that instant gratification it, it tends to remove some of that emotional intelligence, you know, that, that we get from delayed gratification. Um, mm-hmm. But it does open up the opportunity for them to be curious about so many other things. You alluded to the next generation being that army. And and because they do, they do have the space to get curious about this work and this process of the talking more of like an internal um, process or or getting to know themselves or, or the opportunity to put themselves at the top of the to-do list. Um, Whereas you or I in our generation, where there was a lot more stuff that needed doing and things took a lot more time. And now that they can happen faster, I mean, it, it's an opportunity to get curious about other things. Do you think that that instant gratification and instant answers, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say. Do you think it's always the best thing, or should there be some space in their life when they got to learn to trust the process? Hmm, that's interesting. I I guess it would depend a lot on the topic of the thing, but I I do believe that the ease of information. Well, and also we know that it's not always true. So, like, just because the first thing you see says one thing, you might need to do a little bit more work to make sure that that's actually accurate because, you know, you can find conflicting, I'm doing air quotes again, facts on the Internet. Um, 
on pretty much any topic. So um, what was the, the second part of your question? Like, is it <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, is it, do you think it's what we need? And I would ask Kathy the same thing. She's raising small children. So when you look at your kids being under the age of 10 in this instant gratification world, where do you sit with the process? Yeah, that was it. Do you, do you think it's a good thing, or do you think there should be some things we take them back to the process? Debbie, I think that was the second part of my question. Okay. I, I prefer the process, right, especially because I homeschool. So the process is important, right? The why, the, the reasoning, the how did you get there is important for us, especially when we're learning, right? Because we raise animals, we, we do all kinds of stuff, and there's a reason for it all, right? And gardening, cooking, waiting for babies to be born, right, is really good lessons for them in that because yes you have to wait and it sucks to wait but there's a reason that it's not instant right there's a reason that you wait because the end result is 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 worth the wait you have to trust the process and that is a beautiful yeah a beautiful illustration of the importance of being of staying connected to nature right because that is it's not instantaneous um, and I love it. Yeah. I think it's beautiful that your children have that opportunity to live in a space like that because that's not um, as prevalent these days. It's not. And that's, that's one of the reasons I think I decided to do it <laughs> because I wanted <laughs> them to have that opportunity. You know, we did, we do a thing for for Easter every year and it's, it's about the same thing, right? Trusting the process. We started with jelly beans because my kids love jelly beans. Well, a kid doesn't. But I would buy them, and they would get super excited, and then I would make them plant them in the yard. And they were like, what on earth? Why are we planting jelly beans? But. I would make them plant them and water them, and then on Easter, they would come out, and they would have a sucker garden. Right? Oh. And they prefer the suckers over the jelly beans because, just because. So the process from give it to me, trust me, trust the process, the end result is worth it. Is, is, and it, every year, it's a cool lesson for them. A lesson and, and an opportunity to, to play with their imagination, which is fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the process is important in answer to your question. <laughs> <laughs> the process is important. Right. See, see, Deb, see where my hope for the future is coming from? And I hear, when I get to hear parents talk about raising their children with those things, you know, it's just the way life was for us. Right? Everything took a minute. Nothing was instant. Right? And so that's just the way life was, but it's not the way life is anymore. So, so to see parents take that back, uh, it, I don't, I, it just is so encouraging for me as a, well, as a person I, I that one day those are going to be my doctors. <laughs> right? And there's a yearning for that. 
the return to, to simpler and more basic and the reconnecting, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's like the things that are old are new again, you know, like everyone's talking about go outside and walk barefoot. It's like, duh. <laughs> Isn't that what we were always doing? <laughs> How is this so profound? That, <laughs> you know, I think that's one of the gifts of 2020. We're one of the only groups of people in history that will ever get to live one of the euphemisms we've heard our whole lives. How many times did you ever hear people say, oh, hindsight's 2020? <laughs> right. I grew up listening to my grandparents say things like that, right? We actually got to live 2020. What's your hindsight in that? What'd you learn? If we could carry forward what everybody had the opportunity to learn right then, Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, and for me, it was the the getting quiet and, and reconnecting to that inner knowing, you know, because we all got told, go to your room and think about what you've done, right? We all had to go home and sit, and sit for a while, and that was really uncomfortable for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, I am one of the people that definitely believes it was a gift for me. I know there was a lot of, of loss and uh, a lot of things that were not um, – good and fun, but for me, it was a gift. Um, and I learned a lot about myself and about um, how I want to show up in the world. And and I I got a lot of hope. I mean, speaking of heroes, you know, in 2020 when we were all clapping for the, you know, grocery workers and the nurses and the, the people that were working the front lines, um, we recognize that heroes don't necessarily have to come with the cape and the pedestal, you know, everyday people are, are heroic. Amen. Amen. Well, ladies, I know that I've loved this conversation, but with respect to you as our guest and respect to our audience, we're going to have to find a place to wind down. So I'm going to start the process by saying thank you so much, Debbie, for your time, for your transparency, for your story, your wisdom, and the space that you provide. And uh, probably for being a hero to more people than you recognize in a day. So Uh I thank you for that. I thank you for joining us. Um, And it's been an honor to get to meet you and talk to you today. Kathy, how would you like to leave our audience today? Value seems to be the common theme today. So my challenge for our audience is to look inside. What is it that you value most about yourself? And celebrate that. Beautiful. Thank you for your time, Cassie. And always thank you for the challenges that you lay out. I hope people take heed and try one day and just to see where it takes them. Debbie, we would be honored if you would take the stage and close out our show for us. How would you like to leave our audience today? Oh, thank you so much. I love that Cassie mentioned to celebrate um, celebrate ourselves because I think that's something we forget to do. And, and mine is, is going to echo a lot of what you both said is, is taking the time to reconnect with who you are, what you want from the world, and check in and see are your daily actions, the way you're living your life, is that aligned with that that world you want to see? <clears throat> and if not, start start making little shifts. They don't have to be big. They could be tiny, the smallest. I actually recommend starting with the smallest increment to shift your direction, and you it will um, shift the overall trajectory trajectory for you and for all of us, right? Because we're all in this together. <laughs>